when so many people are coming to the altar that it's hard to find time to preach. I love it. Just an observation. I have noticed that most of our radicals sit on this side of the church. That's right. They got it going on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, listen. That wasn't what I wanted you to listen to. Our very own Claire Blackwell was crowned Junior Miss Wakala County last night. <clears throat> now, she's over in Children's Church now working, but when you see her, congratulate her. What, what a, a blessed and talented and beautiful young lady she is, and so many others in this church, and I praise the Lord for that. Well, I have a special announcement. For all the mothers here this morning, and we'll pull it up on the screen. Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> Happy Mother's Day! We love you! <laughs> Now, they did that just a few moments ago, and they wanted to wish you a happy Mother's Day. Have you heard the latest? The woke, politically correct, gender-confused society we're living in right now has now taken another step into insanity. Not making this up. Believe it or not, they are replacing the word mother with birthing person. <laughs> and the word mothers, plural, with birthing people. I'm not making this up. It's already made its way into many of our government documents. It's no joke. One group said the reason they're doing this is because reproductive freedom is for every body. <laughs> and and another, another group said that they want to be transgender inclusive. I don't know what planet they're living on. Birthing person? It just doesn't sound right to me, does it to you? Personally, I just don't think it'll catch on. I just don't. Can you imagine, for all of you mothers here today, can you imagine sitting there and your precious, beautiful 
baby is sitting on your lap. And you've been waiting for 10 or 11 or 12 months to hear those first clear words. Heard a lot of babble, but you want to hear the first clear words. And that little precious thing looks up at you and says, birthing person. (laughs) And you respond, isn't that just the sweetest thing you've ever heard? My goodness. Yeah. Could you even imagine me stepping to the pulpit and saying, happy birthing people's day? <laughs> I can't. By the way, I want to <clears throat> share something with you. This is the first time I've ever stood in the pulpit with my shirt tail out. And I want you to know I'm not trying to be modern. I'm not. Honestly, that's not my motivation. My motivation is this. When I tucked my shirt tail in, I looked like a birthing person. (laughs) And no matter what you think about this, it looks better than it would if it were tucked in. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. And it was either go on a diet or take my shirt tail out. And I've given up on the diet. (laughs) This has already been a crazy day, hasn't it? Yeah. Hey, I just want to say to you mothers here today, you are not a birthing person. That uh, giving birth may be something you've done, but that's not who you are. Oh, I tell you, you're a warrior. You're a fighter. Listen, moms, you're a protector. You're a friend when no one else is a friend. Uh, You're a helper. You are a hero who saves the day when life hurts. Moms, we thank you. You are patient. You are kind. You are loving. You are forgiving. You are nurturing. You're caring. You're affectionate. You're generous. Sometimes you're a teacher. Sometimes you're a disciplinarian. Sometimes you're a corrections officer. (laughs) Sometimes you're the sole breadwinner doing two jobs at one time just to make ends meet. Sometimes it's as if you have superpowers, able to make things work when no one else can. Now, I know you're not perfect. None of us are. But I also know that motherhood is a wonderful gift from God. And I just want to tell you, you are amazing. And we love you. And we thank you for who you are. And so from the bottom of my heart, with the deepest respect, 
On behalf of everyone here, I just want to say happy Mother's Day. Say it with me. Everybody, come on. Happy Mother's Day. What a wonderful day this is. Now, I do have one special word for uh, mothers who have young children and fathers. And this is a quote I've had in my files for a long time, and it really is true. Maybe, I think we'll pull it up. You can't control the future of your children, but you can control the foundation. That's your job, raising godly offspring. You can control the foundation. And I have a question to ask you today, and I'd like for you to work with me on this. And here's the question. How many of you drifted away from the Lord at one time in your life, but you're in this service today because somebody laid a foundation of faith and taught you the word of God? Stand up if that's you. Come on, stand up. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, just stay standing just for a moment. If you're a parent and you have a child that you brought up in the nurture of the Lord and they're out of church and away from the Lord, every person you see standing here is a testimony to what a foundation of faith can do. They are coming home. Train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. You may be seated. Now. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of stay focused, stay focused. And the first thing I want to say to you, and this is against the backdrop of the woke, politically correct, terribly confused society we're living in. Stay focused and don't let the world steal your joy. Child of God, I'm talking to you. If you've ever trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've ever had a born-again experience, if Christ has ever come into your heart, you've been washed in the blood, you've been made a new creature. By the way, if that has not happened to you, I pray that before this service is over, it will happen to you. But if that has ever happened to you, then I'm telling you, stay focused. Don't get distracted. And don't lose your joy. My first scripture today is Nehemiah 8.10. It says, for the joy of the Lord is your, say it. It's your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, what's important for you to understand is in context, you need to hear this. Nehemiah was talking to the people of Israel. They were trying to rebuild the city. They were trying to rebuild the walls. And there were people who didn't want them to rebuild anything. And they were attacking them. And the nation was under attack. A war was going on against them. And in the midst of the war, Nehemiah said, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, there's no strength in being sad. There's no strength in being depressed. There's no strength in being upset. Stay focused and hold on to your joy. And I have a word of advice for all of us. Let's stop talking so much about what's wrong with America. And let's start talking about what's right with our God. And what he can do. 
Stay focused. Don't lose your joy. Here's my next scripture, Philippians 4.4. 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. Now, do you understand the context of that statement? When that was written, Israel and all of Christianity was under Roman oppression. People were being burned at the stake. Horrible atrocities were taking place. And yet the word of God says rejoice in the Lord always. Don't ever stop. Don't ever get distracted. Don't ever take your eyes off the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hey, I've had this in my file for a long time. And and I just love it. But here it is. People who eat chocolate live longer. Now, you may be thinking, Pastor, that has nothing to do with rejoicing. It may not with you. (laughs) But it does with me. That's not the only thing I read. Listen to this. People who dance live longer. People who dance live longer. These are some scientific studies that, that they've done. I was looking around a while ago, and I'm not going to point you out, but I saw a few folks in this church that need to eat some chocolate and dance. (laughs) You look like you lost your best friend. You're in church. Uh, The Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Oh, listen, I know. (laughs) We say it all the time. I know the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I know things are going to get worse and worse. I know there's evil and craziness and insanity in our society. But the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. We should be rejoicing. We should be celebrating. We should be eating chocolate. We should be dancing. Honestly, I'm not not making this up. I won't let you in on a secret, but I don't want you to tell anybody. Every now and then. At my home, when the doors are closed and the blinds are shut, my wife and I will dance. We dance. Now, we don't dance long because we don't have that much energy. But we dance. And we always end the same way. I'm not making this up. We always end the same way. And that is I will do a dip. And kiss her on the lips. Ah. But I think we're going to have to give that last part up. Because I hear bones cracking. We dance. Try it sometime. When did we lose our joy? When did we stop being excited? He gave us life and life more abundant. We have the Lord God of all creation living in our hearts. We should be celebrating more than anybody else on planet earth. I, I, yeah, come on. All right. 
I'll talk to you folks later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put my focus right here. I'm going to get in with this radical bunch right here. Hey, l- listen, I, I know you young folks can dance. You can move around. And some of us older folks, we don't necessarily feel like we can dance. But I want to recommend that you try it. And, and, and I also want to tell you, if you're old enough, that you can't move real well, I have learned that you can dance without moving your feet. You, you can just work your way right on up. Yeah, you can just sway a little bit. I'm telling you, try it. They dance before the Lord in the Word of God. You know when people dance? When they're full of joy. I, I, you know, now I know that some member of my family will say to me before this day is over, Papa, don't ever do that again. <laughs> I know that's coming. And I want to tell you, I, I'm pretty sure I'll never do that again in the pulpit. That was a one-time experience. You've seen it one time. But I can tell you that when I'm worshiping, sometimes when I'm down front, sometimes when I'm at home and the Spirit of the Lord is is giving me victory and filling me with gladness, there are going to be times I'm going to be moving around. I'm going to be celebrating my faith. And I can tell you, I'm going to live longer. And I'm not even talking about this life. I'm talking about eternity. I'm trying this morning with the help of the Holy Spirit to get your eyes off a sick society and get your eyes on a Savior who has saved you and changed your life. The Gaithers used to say it this way, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away from me. If there's legislation or some of this woke stuff that can steal your joy and and cause you to be upset all the time, Oh, something's wrong. Let me give you another scripture. Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. No matter how bad things are in the world, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Do you know that? I I think we could take that and say the worst Things get in the world, the more important it is for us to have a merry heart. Not to allow that stuff to drag us into depression. But we just keep turning to the Lord. I love it when science catches up with the word of God. You've heard me say that many times. And, and many of the scientific and sociological studies of our day just, just keep validating the word of God. These are some articles I've, I've had in my files for a while now. So they did a study. Listen to the first report. Laughter is a powerful antidote to stress, pain, and conflict. Nothing works faster or more dependably to bring your mind and body back into balance than a good laugh. 
Humor lightens your burdens, inspires hope, connects you to others, and keeps you grounded, focused, and alert. Humor and laughter strengthen, listen to this, your immune system. It boosts your energy. It dismisses pain and protects you from the damaging effects of stress. Some of you, some of you need to laugh. You might ask yourself, how long has it been since you really laughed? Here's another one. Laughter relaxes the whole body. A good, hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaving your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes. And it ends this way. Laughing is seriously good for you. I like that. I don't know, at the risk of... Just sounding foolish. Could we just all laugh for a minute? Come on. Come on. Now I see a few folks sitting out there that are saying, I will not laugh. I'm not going to laugh. You can't make me laugh. Well, go ahead and be sour if you want to. But we've got something to laugh about. We've got something to rejoice about. We've got something to celebrate. I think I heard a few folks say, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) Now listen, these studies are all well and good. But for thousands of years, the word of God has been telling us that the joy of the Lord is your strength. That a merry heart does good like a medicine. Rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. You see, the Bible talks about us being more than conquerors. The Bible talks about if God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible is all about us being happy and rejoicing and celebrating. We are conquerors. God is with us. Sometimes I think that we just forget who we are. We are children of the King. I'm trying to get your eyes off the world this morning and get your eyes on God. That's what this is all about. Stay focused. Don't let the world steal your joy. Stay focused. Here's the next point. And keep the faith. Faith makes all the difference in the world. And I got to tell you, faith and joy are connected. When your faith dwindles, your joy dwindles. Let me give you some quotes. St. Thomas Aquinas said to one who has faith, no explanation is necessary to one without faith. No explanation is possible. Well, yeah, faith changes everything. Dwight L. Moody said a little faith will bring your soul to heaven, but a lot of faith will bring heaven to your soul. This one's unknown, but I like it. Faith is dead to doubts, dumb to discouragement, and blind to impossibilities. Faith. This uh, this may be my favorite. Unknown. I don't know who said this. Don't believe in miracles. Rely on them. It takes faith to do that. And this is one that I think is appropriate for Mother's Day. This is by Zig Ziglar. When you put faith, hope, and love together, you can raise positive kids in a negative world. This one is also an unknown author. 
Faith is putting all your eggs in God's basket, then counting your blessings before they hatch. There's something exciting about faith. Listen, Ephesians 2.8 tells us we're saved by faith. 2 Corinthians 5.7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. Do you hear me? Stop looking at Washington. Stop letting Washington, stop letting Congress, stop letting the Supreme Court, stop letting the, the woke crowd influence you more than what you cannot see. I cannot see heaven. I cannot see God. I cannot see Jesus. Not with the physical eye. I cannot see the Holy Spirit. But those things have more control over my life than the things I can see. Oh, I'm trying to get you to take your eyes off the world this morning. If we could, as a church and as a society, Christian people, if we could take our eyes off the world, And put our eyes on God. We could change the world. Now, by the way, if you say, oh, we need to be politically active and okay, do it. If you want to run for office, I'll vote for you. I, I, I will. But I can tell you that the way you change the world, the way you change your world is by holding on to your joy and holding on to your faith and living out your faith. That's the way you change the world. Hey, listen, this is for a future sermon, but I want you to hear this. Did you know that the Romans, now they were influenced and pressured by the Jewish nation, but the Romans crucified Jesus. Did you know that? A little over 300 years after they did that, Jesus conquered Rome. And Constantine declared Christianity to be the the official religion of the nation. Now, why is that important? Because they didn't conquer Rome with a sword. They didn't conquer Rome with a military coup. They conquered Rome by living out the sacred and holy and blessed principles that Jesus had given to them. You see, we're saved by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Saved by faith, walk by faith, and you can't please God unless you have faith. Oh, goodness. What are you trusting God for right now? I, I not too long ago, and I've heard this several times in my ministry, not too long ago I was talking to somebody and they were sharing something with me. And this is what they said. I, I said, you need to pray about that. And they said, oh, I don't want to bother God with this. Yes, you do. You want to bother God with this. Not that it would bother him, but you want to do that. Why? Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. And we need to be exercising faith every day. In our lives. The last point of this message is stay, stay focused. God is faithful. Our God is faithful. God is a faithful God. And the Bible teaches us clearly that in due season we will reap if we do not faint. Uh, here's another translation. Galatians 6, 9. Look at this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessings. If we don't give up, 
Don't let the world steal your joy. Don't lose your, your, your faith. Keep the faith. Stay focused. Oh, my goodness. Say a few years ago. I don't know how many, but it's been a four, five, six years or more. I was, uh, we were still living in Sopchoppy in those days. And I lost my favorite pair of reading glasses. Now, some of you are just like me. You've got a pair in every room, don't you? You know what I'm talking about. But I lost my favorite pair of reading glasses. I looked everywhere. I searched for those reading glasses. I went all over the house, the yard, my little shop. And finally, I gave up. I can't find them. They're gone. They're gone forever. And I just forgot about it. Maybe about a week later, my wife and I were, were seated at the kitchen table. And, and we, were, we were facing some issues, and we just needed to pray, and we joined hands, and we began to pray. And I wrote this down. The reason I, I, I know all of this, I, I've remembered all this so well. We started to pray, and then our prayer shifted toward our marriage. And we began to pray, God bless our marriage. We, we've been married a long time. Lord, would you make it better? Would you bless our marriage? Would you bless our relationship? Could the last years of life and the last years of our marriage be better than even the first? Oh, God. We just, we, we're just surrendering to you. and We want our marriage to be better. If you don't fight for your marriage, and I'm talking about spiritual fighting, not fight with your spouse. <laughs> You're probably not going to have a happy home. Lord, bless our relationship. Bless our marriage. Make it better. We're looking to you, Lord. And then we said, amen. But I felt like I needed to pray personally by myself. So I walked out in the yard all alone as I do. And I was walking and praying. And I was, I, I, I was just talking to God about what needed to change in my life. And, and I started making some commitments and and the Holy Spirit would point things out to me and, and I'd say, okay, Lord, I surrender that to you. I give that to you. I want to be yours. L- L- Lord, okay, if, if you don't want that in my world anymore, okay. And I just began to pray. And all of a sudden, I sensed this amazing presence of the Lord. And I got to tell you, friends, there's nothing on planet Earth any better than that. The presence of God. I had chill bumps, and then I had chill bumps on chill bumps, and it was just, it was just all over me. And I was walking, and I looked down, and there in the road, where I'd been driving my truck every day, my glasses. And I knew they were crushed, so I reached down, and I picked up my glasses, And there was not a scratch on them. And I started saying, praise the Lord. I found my glasses. I I actually forgot about my prayer time. 
And I just said, praise the Lord. I got my glasses, my favorite pair of glasses. I found them. This is fruit basket turnover. When you, when you, when you lose something and find it, it's so wonderful. And then immediately, and I mean immediately, suddenly the Holy Spirit just came crashing in on me. And I wrote it down. This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. If you will keep coming after me and never stop and keep taking the next step of faith, whatever it is, this is what the Lord said to me. I will restore the things to you that you have lost. And I will let you find things that you've been looking for. Some of you have lost some things today. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about hope and love and encouragement. You've lost some things today. And I I believe God wants me to tell you. The Lord brought this back from years ago. God wants me to tell you, if you'll go after God. If if you'll make him Lord and Savior of your life. Oh, friends, he will restore things that you've lost. And he'll let you find things that you've almost given up on. I'm I'm just, I'm encouraging you to get your eyes on the Lord. And, And this is biblical. You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Stop looking for whatever it is you're looking for and start looking to God and he'll take the rest. He'll take the rest. It's biblical. Help me out. If you know it, say it with me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. See, when he's first, it takes care of everything else. Would you bow with me in prayer? I'm really encouraging you today on this beautiful Mother's Day. Take your eyes off the world. Take your eyes off all the insanity. And and I want to tell you, I'm not saying we should be godly. We should be doing godly things. We should be saying godly things. We should be promoting a godly agenda. But we should never be reacting to the world. We should be acting like God wants us to act. Makes all the difference. If you don't know the Lord as your personal Savior, I hope and pray that this morning you'll come and just let me pray with you. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've lost your joy, I'm telling you, you can have your joy back before you go to bed tonight. But the way you're going to get it back is by going after the Lord, seeking him with all your heart. I don't know the decision you may need to make today. Maybe you need to join this church. Maybe you need to be saved. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. But I'm telling you, if you'll take your eyes off what the world's doing and put your eyes on what God's doing, it will change your life. Father, bless now. Bless us to make decisions this morning that will really and truly change our lives and even change the world around us. I pray the Holy Spirit will give leadership and guidance and give us 
the ability to obey. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.